Hello and welcome to the Making Money Simple podcast. This is going to be an important episode all about the cost of living crisis and how to deal with it. It's seen everywhere in the news at the moment and you can't escape it. To help me tackle this problem and go through it in detail, I'm joined by Ola from At All Things Money. Ola, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining us. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm all good, thank you. Ready to talk about the cost of living? Oh yeah, I feel like it's just a never-ending saga, this whole cost of living crisis, but I think it's a really important topic to cover. Yeah, it seems like since lockdowns has mainly ended, um, it's just been cost of living going through the roof, um, mm-hmm. which we'll get into. So I guess, first of all, what is the cost of living crisis, simply put, for people who maybe don't know what we're talking about? Yeah, so obviously, as we, many of us know, and we've experienced firsthand, obviously, the cost of living is on the rise, and um, which in turn has created this cost of living crisis, um, obviously, which has had an impact on people's disposable incomes meaning that people obviously are typically able to afford less than that less than what they were able to beforehand. Obviously, this is due to inflation, which has obviously resulted in the cost of goods and services to rise. Um, I'm sure many have noticed things such as the cost of food, fuel and housing have all increased recently, which is obviously essentially due to inflation. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, there's some big things that have been increasing. Obviously, mm-hmm. fuel, so yeah. petrol, there was a headline about a week ago saying that it now costs roughly £100 to fill up a car. Um, as you say, housing's gone through the roof in terms of electricity costs. I think they rose, the, the price cap rose in April and it's going to rise again. Um, train fares, I think, have risen. I don't get the train that often, I mainly get the tube, but I think they've risen. Um even subscription things like Netflix rose last yes. month. Yes, food. Oh yeah, food. Everything, <laughs> basically yeah. everything. I saw a headline today uh, on BBC saying that food, the average shop now costs about £400 extra per year. Um, and that's only in stuff that, yeah, day-to-day living. There's then tax has gone up, national insurance increased, I know, by 1.25% in April. So it seems like from all sides, um, we're just being hit and as you say that then I guess leads to high inflation which is a separate topic but just want to touch on that quickly on what that is and then what it means for essentially how much money we have left over. Yeah so inflation is essentially obviously like the rising cost of good goods and services Um, so yeah like you said obviously we're getting hit from all angles and I think many people aren't you know are very aware of the fact that things are increasing and that's obviously due to inflation. It's risen again by 0.1% obviously at the time of us recording. Um, so yeah, again, it's a 40 year high, which is a great. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, 9.1% now, so not mm-hmm. ideal. Yeah, inflation is a separate big topic. Um, yeah. But to go back to the cost of living and the mm-hmm. crisis, so what actually happened and why has it started and what, why now when this wasn't happening a few years ago? Yeah, so there's a number of different reasons why we're now in a cost of living crisis, but some of the main reasons are like the pandemic, obviously, is one of the main reasons for this, to be honest, obviously coming out of a global standstill. The pandemic has obviously resulted in a sharp increase in demand now that we're all kind of out living living our lives again, but obviously with shortages in gas, oil, lorry drivers, etc., it's it's resulted in sharp rises to increase. sharp prices um, to like skyrocket. And then obviously things like Brexit hasn't helped either. Um, you've got obviously that along with the energy price cap lift, rising taxes, the war as well currently taking place in Ukraine has also exacerbated these economic stresses. So yeah, there's a number of different reasons and they've kind of all happened at once, again, which hasn't been great for our pockets. Yeah, it seems like one after the other. First of all, Brexit, then COVID, now the war. 
and then orders contribute, as you said, to essentially, yeah, little supply, much more demand, particularly now all the lockdowns are over, and then everything's just skyrocketing in price. Also, because the government printed so much money, I guess that's one reason why they raised tax to try and claw that back. But once again, not good for our pockets because now I'm paying more in national insurance every single month. Yeah, <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, we've got all of this going on. So what does it actually mean for us personally day to day? Yeah, no. So obviously now that prices have increased across the board, it means that we're like, it means that our money now doesn't stretch as far as it would have done maybe this time last year or even before the pandemic, which obviously sadly means that we're able to spend way less than we were before, which is obviously having an impact on people's spending. Um, with prices being um, being more expensive, people are able to afford less. Um, so yeah, a lot of people are having to make cutbacks um, and people are I know a lot of people are just really stressed about this whole scenario, really. Yeah, I was going to say, what from like when you speak to people, what do they seem to be cutting back? Is it more just sort of like eating out, nights out, that sort of thing? Because I guess you still got to pay for like the necessities, like rent and bills and all of that stuff. Yeah, it is cutting back on. I hate to say they're luxuries because you know we should be able to enjoy yeah. you know, the money we work so hard for. But yeah, people are cutting back. But I also think people are making alternative switches. So you know like a lot of people they might have had phone contracts they're now expiring rather than actually going for a brand new phone contract they might be going for cheaper sim cards or you know some people may have had netflix and prime and sky they might not need all three now so simple (laughs) switches like that i think a lot of people are now doing because they realize they don't actually need necessarily all of these luxuries but just make it just cutting out a few bits definitely does help yeah, no, that's a good point. So that leads in very well to the next question. So I was going to say, what can we do, which is probably the main bit of this podcast, and hopefully will be more actionable bits that can help people that are listening. I think there's two main things we can do, right? Either reduce expenses or increase income, and hopefully a bit of both. So I guess if we go through reducing expenses first, you've already touched on maybe, yeah, change your SIM card, cheaper phone contract, maybe reducing some other subscriptions, is there anything else you think in terms of ways to reduce expenses to then be left with more money in your pocket? Yeah, so I think firstly, when you before you even like cut back, I think it's really important to take a good look at your finances. I feel like a lot of people I've recently spoken to have kind of buried their head in the sand and haven't actually taken a look at what actually comes out of their bank account. I think um, that's really important. And I know loads of people, when they actually have a look, I know it can be scary sometimes, but when they have a look, they realise that there's things they've actually been paying for that they haven't been using as much. So even before cutting back on things that you actually do use, a lot of people I know have signed up to maybe free subscriptions that they forgot that they're now paying for. Mm. Little bits like that, I think is really important to actually have a look at your finances to see where you're spending. And then, um, like you said, cut back on these expenses. So, you know, um, at the moment, I drive like 25 minutes to the gym and back, um, well, one way and then 25 minutes back. So I'm now looking for alternative options. You can jog that, Ola. Just jog there. Absolutely not. I'm not a runner. That's one thing that people should know about me. I don't cycle, run. Cycle, cycle, cycle. <laughs> I'm going to have to now with petrol. So, yeah, so I've found a gym that's actually now 10 minutes down the road and it's slightly cheaper. It's only £5 a month cheaper, but, again, that's £5 that's going back into my pocket. Um, so, yeah, there's those different ways you can kind of cut back. Um, definitely subscriptions is definitely a main one. Um I mean, we've got rid of our TV license because we don't watch TV. We're all very, our household is very much a Netflix household, <laughs> to be honest. And so we've decided to just cut that out for the time being because we don't really need it. So yeah, there's loads of things you can kind of cut back on, but still enjoy. Like I'll never tell someone to cut back on everything because again, we work so hard for our money, we should be able to enjoy it. But just cut back on things, you know, you can make simple switches to alter, cheaper options. Yeah. 
They're all good points. And I think a lot of it is about switching. So the list that I had, first of all, was using cheaper brands. So maybe shopping at Aldi and Lidl. I mean, particularly if you're like a family of four plus, you can probably save a good chunk of money each week on your food shop by just using cheap alternatives. And really, the quality is not even, you can't really notice it to you, I don't think, personally. I don't. Um, <laughs> maybe my taste isn't that sophisticated, but I can't notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, also switch your modes of transport. So if you can walk or cycle somewhere rather than paying for the tube or the train, yeah. that will obviously, or petrol, because petrol is really expensive now. Mm-hmm. Um, cutting back on luxuries, we've gone through like the cutting subscriptions as well, if you don't use them, like you already mentioned, Ola. Um, and then other things as well. So like energy costs, you can't really cut at the moment and there's not really much incentive to switch because the price cap keeps rising. But things such as like Wi-Fi or insurance, or as you said, phone contracts, other bills that you have to pay and you need, if you can get cheaper alternatives, um, that's going to put more money back in your pocket. But I think you made a good point about it sort of comes back to um, looking at your finances. And then once you understand what position you're in, almost then trying to create a budget to see how much money is going to be coming out every single month, definitely. And then once you know what's definitely coming out, you have to pay, you can then see what you're left with and how you can sort of use that to then sort of fight the cost of living whilst also, as we said, trying to have some fun and some joy through uh, going out and eating out and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I guess the second thing then, reducing income we've gone through and hopefully there's some good ideas there for people listening. What about increasing income? Is there anything, so obviously in- expenses I feel as well, and this is quite a big thing, they can only be reduced so far. You're always gonna have some level of expenses where hypothetically income could be unlimited if you have a lot of income streams. But obviously, I know people now probably want more like quick cash to sort of meet the cost of living. But anyway, when it comes to increasing income, what sort of uh, ideas or tips do you have there, Ola? Yeah, so there's loads of ways now that you can make money online. If you have Wi-Fi, internet connection, they're the same thing. But yeah, if you have internet connection, then there's no excuse not being able to make money online. So, you know, you can go through the classic means of like creating a side hustle if you have the time. I know that takes a lot of time to do, but also if you like have spare time in your hands that you could do like online um, surveys, they're a good way of making extra cash. I used to make like 50 to 100 pounds a week doing online surveys at uni. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, I did, I spent more time doing that than going to my lectures, but that's <laughs> what, that was a good way of making some income. Um, there's apps out there now that allow you to like search the internet and you can get paid to do so. Um, off the top of my head, one is like Queemy, which is Q-M-E-E. Um, there's an app that pays you for your attention now so you can watch some ads and get paid for it. Um, what other that's the dosh, isn't it? Yeah, there's the Dosh and there's also We Are Eight. So I've used both of them. Definitely recommend both of them. I mean, you don't get millions, but again, it still helps. Um, so when it comes to making money online, you've got those means of making money, but you can also take um, stock of cashback websites as well. Yeah. They're a great way of making some extra cash. Um, on average, with top cashback, you can make like around £300 a year. Um, I know some people that have made like £1,000, which oh. is insane. Um, so again... I think loads of people, I think cashback websites have the stigma of them being quite scammy, but they're actually honestly not a scam if you use the reputable website. So I always recommend like Top Cashback or um, Quidco. Those are my two favorite ones. Um, They're really good if you're looking to um, shop online. Um, Again, you just shop through them and then you can go through your normal retailers on their websites such as like ASOS, Pretty Little Thing. Well, not Pretty Little Thing, I don't think, but Boohoo's on there and stuff like that. 
and then also taking part in online focus groups and they're another great one so like websites such as saros angelfish and user testing are ones i've used before um and also i know side hustles take a lot of time but if you have like um a skill so maybe if you're a copywriter or you take photos then you could also sell your freelancing work online through websites such as fiverr or upwork and they're great ways as well thank you for all of that ola i really like how you gave like specific websites and apps that people can use I mean, that was quite a lot <laughs> people need to listen to that bit again and take notes of all the yeah. apps and sites you're saying no that's really good though at least there's like some specific ones that people can go to now and see mm-hmm. if they actually want to do them or not and if it works for them um, I mean, the only thing I would add, would think, I think the cashback one is really good. And if you mix that with credit cards as well, so if you're going to get insurance, go for a cashback site like Top Cashback, you might get some cashback. And if you use a credit card, you might also get cashback from the credit card or some sort of points. So if that's you're going to buy insurance anyway. If you go through a cashback site and use a credit card, you're almost getting like free money for something you're going to buy anyway. Um, bank switching, I think, is another one where you can make some money. Because right now it's quite a lot of banks where they offer a hundred plus just for switching, and if you do a few in a row, you can probably make a few hundred pounds relatively quickly. Um, the only other things I would say you spoke about mainly online uh, income streams. I mean, you can do stuff offline as well. So maybe if you were younger, got more free times in your hand, things like dog walking, car washing, online tutoring, newspaper round, a football referee. I used to be a football referee years ago on a Saturday, and you used to get like twenty eight pound a game. Yeah, so, I used to umpire hockey matches actually. Yeah, throw it back. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you like walk down to the pitch. It's like do two games, get nearly sixty quid for not even a morning's work. Like it's mm-hmm. pretty good going. Yeah, um, and then I think you also touched on side hustles as well. And I think yeah, you, we've gone sort of down a route where you know we have a, like a passion for finance and we've made our brands and our pages. But you can really any sort of skill you have, as you said, you can make a side hustle with whether it's baking, making stuff on Etsy. Uh, mm-hmm taking photographs as you said there's loads of different ways you can go and I think the last one I'd say and it's probably a bigger one that we can talk on is obviously in your main job trying to get a promotion or a pay rise yeah and getting a second job but I know with the promotion and pay rise people don't often like talking to like their Mm -hmm. employer about that so is there anything you could say on that or any tips you can give people yeah I definitely think when it comes to negotiating your salary I think is really important to have a good case for it so you know if you're going to your employer and you're asking for a pay rise what have you done to warrant that so have you maybe brought in x amount of revenue have you done um x like brought on x amount of clients having a good case really really helps and also having a genuine reason genuine and honest reason as to why you want a higher salary you know employers aren't idiots they all know that inflation is um increasing we all know that rent's increasing mortgages are increasing so you know just having that honest chat as well saying you know I really love the work I'm doing, but you know, my salary isn't stretching as far as it's going anymore. Like, is there any way we can maybe look at negotiating my salary and maybe getting a slightly higher pay rise? Um, I think it's really important, you know, you develop that kind of a relationship with your employer and have that honest chat as well as having a good case for why you're wanting that, um, why you deserve that salary increase as well. That all sounds good. Great tips, Ola. Nothing to add. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Ryan. (laughs) So, hopefully, yeah, going through there, reducing your expenses a bit, increasing your income a bit, then hopefully in normal times give you a bit more money but also in these times where our pockets are being pinched help out even more mm-hmm. um i mean if people do have any other ways to make money feel free to let us know and we'll obviously try them out ourselves or look at to a list of all the sites and apps that she knows about yeah <laughs> but um, the last thing then to touch on in this podcast is sort of other support that is available mm-hmm. through 
yeah, I guess just quite an open-ended question, but what can people do if they're really struggling and they need some more help or some more money? Yeah, so there's some financial government from the government that they've put in place, which I'd highly recommend checking, um, checking out a lot of the information's on the government website, but some examples include um, the £400 energy bill support scheme, um, the £650 cost of living payment for those currently on benefits. Um, the, some local councils are also offering household support. Um, so again, reach out to your local councils. Um, also, if you're on a, like a low income, there's also something called universal credit. Again, no shame in requesting um, additional help from the government it's there to help people so if you are struggling please um, take a look at that and take advantage of it and also I think it's really really important in this time is to reach out and talk to someone if you're struggling as well um, there are many charities that have free helplines offering advice such as um, the money um, money advice service national debt line step change and also mind is a really good one if you're struggling with your mental health once again, loads of great examples. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. <laughs> and then, I mean, the last thing I'd say as well is any, like, and our pages really, so obviously my page, mm-hmm. Making Money Simple, Ola's page, All Things Money. There's loads of, loads of other personal finance and investing pages in the UK. There's loads really in pretty much every country around the world, America, Australia, wherever you're living, wherever your situation is. If you do have any questions, you can always reach out to us, I know anyway, and we can try and either help you or point you in the right direction um, with what you're struggling with or need help with. Um, but yeah, I think that then wraps up this podcast on dealing with the cost of living crisis. Um, it's quite a lot, hopefully inflation <laughs> and everything will start to go down, but the trend is it goes up over time. So I guess we sort of go at the moment anyway, try and deal with it and live with it, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. But Ola, where can people find you? What would you like to plug here at the end of the podcast? Oh, okay. What can I plug? Okay. I'm mainly on Instagram at all things money underscore. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I have a Facebook group, which is the all things money community, which is a number of us guys just kind of getting together, sharing our worries, feelings, and, you know, exchanging chipped tips as well. Um, and I also have my own podcast, which Ryan has been a guest on a couple of times now, um, which is the all things money podcast check all of those out drop a follow on all of those job done (laughs) (laughs) but no thank you very much for coming on thank you so much for having me